Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we have two monitors because we like to watch TV while we play games. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you this week. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including Min Min coming to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And then on Thursday, we're going to be talking about Nintendo's E3 presentation from 2011. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I mean, I think it's worth pointing out that we are, as always, coming to you from our own tastefully appointed apartments. Um, That's right. You know, so while it is true that I think uh, seeing into Masahiro Sakurai's home is the first time we've seen it from a Nintendo developer, know for sure, dear listener, that we are always recording from uh, our tastefully decorated apartments. And you may ask yourself, uh, hasn't that always been the case? Um, Only sort of. Usually we come uh, to you from my house. But (laughs) since quarantine has started, we we are in fact recording in our own separate homes. Uh, And uh, listener, you will be happy to know that through the phone, I can see a blank white wall behind Mark. (laughs) And Mark, you can see behind me. A blank white wall. A tastefully appointed (laughs) blank white wall. Are we boring, Mark? (laughs) (laughs) Us? I don't think that could possibly be true. Speaking of things that couldn't possibly be true, slash things that are boring, uh, would you like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch? You are allowed to do so, or at the very least, you are allowed to get on a list to someday borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. All you need to do is email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at At gmail.com. And give us a mailing address, and we will send uh, send you a, a copy. You play it for as long as you want, uh, and then you send it back. I know I just said a copy. I send you my copy. This is the copy that I poured my blood, sweat, and tears into. And I loved it. Loved it. Briefly. And then sent it along to listeners to play. Yeah, that's a really good point. And something that we should... I don't think that we've made like explicit enough is that like we are not... This is not a program where you know we have multiple copies of Sonic Forces that we're sending around pretending that they are the single copy of Sonic Forces. No, each and every person on this list will someday receive Patrick's copy of Sonic Forces that has also been blessed by everybody who borrowed it before you. It's a program worth having. And it it is the only program like this in the universe, I feel confident in saying, Mark will blow it out even further. The only program like this in the multiverse. <laughs> you will never find another program like this, no matter where you travel and no matter how long you live. Especially a successful program. We don't need to dwell on this any longer, but I think your point is well taken. 
Uh, speaking of things we don't need to dwell on for too much longer, um, look, there was no E3 this year. An entire convention just evaporated off the map and replaced by a thousand little digital conventions. Um, but Nintendo, still no real presence and no real presentation. So instead, we are spending the entire month of June going back in time, figuratively speaking, to examine Nintendo's uh, E3 presentations from years past. Uh, and we've done a bunch of them already. 2004, 2006, 2010. This week, on Thursday, we are doing 2011. Mark, what's special about 2011? It's the Wii U reveal. Yes. Prepare for some brand confusion. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one because I have like zero memory of it. Yeah, and I, I know that is a, uh, a little bit of a common refrain on these. Um, you and I being like, did I watch this one? Even though I know I must have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to get into it. If you would like to uh, watch it in the days between now and Thursday uh, and have any thoughts you want to share with us, um, you know, the, the presentations are up on YouTube and you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at Nincart Society and we will check it out there. All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing. Shadow dropped last week. No announce, no, I guess there was an announcement, but no, uh, you know, hype, no uh, trailers, and not even a video on the Nintendo website. I am, of course, referring to Jump Rope Challenge for the Nintendo Switch. Um, I have been playing it every day and getting my jumps in every day. Uh, my goal is now set to 300 daily. Um, Mark, have you uh, downloaded and or played Jump Rope Challenge at all? Yes, I did download it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's like a cute little game that one or two developers at Nintendo, uh, I actually don't know the exact number, but they put together while they're during their work from home period. And it's really like, uh, it has a very fun, like do it yourself feeling. It's a little rabbit, I think it is. And you can yeah, like, it's a little rabbit. You can change their clothes. And basically all it is, is you take the two Joy-Con and you're making like the jump rope motion and it just keeps counting of how many you do it starts with a goal of 100 that you can edit at any time and it just encourages you to every day like check in and uh, do your jump roping it's it's a really like cute fun idea yeah and it's uh i mean it is hyper simple there are not a bunch of flashy options here um your reward for hitting your goal on a daily basis is a high res image of something um <laughs> like the, the first day it's a cat the second day was like the beach i got the moon once there was an image of like a kitchen like it's all just it's all just very simple uh very simple stuff the music is uh super adorable every time you jump it makes like another note play in the song um and it times each 100 to like the final note in a phrase um so when you hit your goal, it's always like on the end of a, a musical phrase. And that's always really satisfying. Um, it's something that I've not played for more than like two and a half minutes a day. Um, but those two and a half minutes have been totally delightful. I love that this exists. It costs you nothing. It's like borrowing Sonic Forces, except you can do it right now. <laughs> uh, mental bookmarks for ourselves, Patrick. We have yes. to remember this rabbit who, as far as I know, is nameless. When the next time we do like a like which character should be in Smash Brothers or one hundred percent yeah it's got he's got to be in a ranking he's got to be in a ranking because he has so many great clothes 
I'm wearing the little uh, tuxedo. I don't know which what what you've settled on. Oh, I've settled on like a red tracksuit, I believe. Oh, nice. Yeah, very classy. Yeah. Um, Sarah and I just watched um, Rebel Without a Cause, so I, I like that red jacket look right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, when I saw that movie when I was like, for the first time when I was like 16, I it, I still count it as one of my favorite movies only because of all the emo- teenage emotions it made me feel. But also, I always wanted a red like uh, windbreaker like that. It's really, yeah. it doesn't look as cool on me, I'm sad to say. <laughs> No, I mean I don't I don't know that it looks uh yeah, I I, well, I we watched Rebel Without a Cause this weekend. It was the first time I'd ever seen it uh, and I was like, "Oh, as an adult, I do not relate to any of this." <laughs> um and also just like, "Man, we have explored these themes of like, you know, uh, uh white middle-class angst um so much and in so many like more intense ways since 1955 um and it's just like i don't understand what any of this <laughs> what any <laughs> anything is going on here um but yeah i mean like the jacket still uh james dean pulls it off so <laughs> the jacket still holds up uh so i got my hands on a copy of ring fit adventure um big yes. shout out to friend of the show june who uh, like sent me uh, an Amazon link as soon as they went live, was finally able to get one. Um, it showed up in my house. I did it on Saturday, and it totally kicked my butt. Like, my legs are still sore. I was like, I, I, was like, I can't do it uh, like Sunday. I was like, I just cannot. And so I was like, well, okay, I'll do it on Monday. My legs still too sore to like do it again. Wow. And so, but you look, went too hard. I, I went too hard, and it tells you like my legs not in great shape. Clearly, right? Um, but I, I like I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. Like, um, setting it up, it takes a little bit of time, like to calibrate it and all that kind of stuff. But it's super simple. Walks you through everything. Um, it's maybe like five minutes and then you're ready to go. And, uh, and then you're going and it does this thing where like you, uh, it keeps track of how long you've been exercising, but it really is just like how long you've been exercising. So if you're not like moving or doing an exercise, it doesn't count it up. And so, you know, like you're, you're at the end of like a 20 minute session or whatever. And it's just, it's like, no, you've exercised for 15 minutes. You may have been like doing this. For twenty, but you were only extra. You were only moving for fifteen. You cretin. <laughs> it's like one of those productivity measures that's like tracking your eyes, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And I, w- no I was, knows. I was expecting it to not be like, I, I don't know. I just wasn't sure like how accurate was the like leg, you know, like strap mm-hmm. going to be and all that kind of stuff. But it really works well. I've, um, I've been really impressed with it, and I'm looking forward to like in a few days getting back to it <laughs> <laughs> um well i i believe you and i will continue talking more about ring fit adventure as uh when well, actually lets you and i talk about this a little bit um you know we mentioned on last week's episode that copies of the game are starting to uh be available at uh major retailers uh including target and best buy and um gamestop um obviously you were also able to find one on amazon um i was able to place an order for one at best buy but to pick up this wednesday i placed the order last wednesday it evidently will be at the best buy you know uh four blocks from me in uh in just a couple days so i will get my hands on my copy presumably then and uh we'll talk about it more but i think it's uh very interesting that like they did it like nintendo has you know they they 
there was a report early on in quarantine that like um, they knew that uh, supplies were were short and you know people were selling them on the secondary market for like three times as much as they should um, and uh, like they're actually getting them out there and that's uh, I, slow but everything is slow right now and it's impressive that it's happening at all yeah totally um so i look forward to uh busting my legs with ring fit adventure as well um but in the meantime uh i'm still playing animal crossing new horizons um and mostly it is uh just in support of sarah who's uh, still playing it uh like more intensely than i am um but uh we decided earlier today that we are going to look there are lots of things that aren't happening this summer right a lot of uh uh you know, theme parks are closed restaurants are open but who's going to them um and uh the hollywood bowl canceled their entire season so we have decided to build the hollywood bowl to the best of our abilities on the island of valhalla within our animal crossing new horizons game uh and so we like sketched out some plans this morning uh and i've been terraforming and sarah's been crafting uh you know like log benches and uh then customizing them so we're we're, we're building the hollywood bowl at the moment that's amazing uh i can't wait to see what it turns out like i do you have plans on holding some sort of like event or concert when the Hollywood Bowl is completed? Mm, Mark, that's a great idea, and we definitely should do it. I don't know what that, what all that entails, um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely, we have to do it. Um, all right, so that's that's most of what we've been playing this week. Uh, let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, Tuesday, June 23rd, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated is released on Switch. Um, a game that I, I don't understand the genesis of. So I, I'm assuming it's a game, like this is a remake of some sort. Um, yes. So the Spon- uh, SpongeBob SquarePants the Battle for Bikini Bottom is a uh, PlayStation 2 uh, slash original Xbox era um like 3d platformer like kind of collect-a-thon uh kind of game that i feel like people must have enjoyed because one somebody figured they needed to remaster it and two i feel like i've seen like a lot of like previews and coverage on it so that's so that's cool i like spongebob um (laughs) uh so but this game doesn't interest you or at least you don't have any enough familiarity with it too yeah i don't have enough familiarity with it um but uh yeah, I'm happy that it exists. Same with Little Town Hero Big Ideas Edition, which I think is like kind of like a complete, well, maybe not a complete, but like a major like rejiggering of the game. Interesting. Um, that I think, and look, this is all based on hazy memories of headlines I half read, but I think that they've done like, you know, like some substantial changes to like balancing and like some of the mechanics to address some of like the um, criticisms of the original release. And I don't know for sure whether those are like part of like an update for people who bought it digitally originally, but um, that is my vague understanding of what little town hero, big idea edition is. Um, well, which is interesting because the, the thing that we have listed uh, on our like, you know, run of show um, just indicates that this is the physical edition of it. Um, so it's possible 
I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to read about this on the fly, which is never a good idea. I think it may just be the physical edition, which is like packed in with like a, a book and like some other stuff. It's like a special edition slash um, physical version of, of the game. So I think where we can net out on this is that yeah. if you are interested, do, do some research. research. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't know. Something we do, not do know. know that I am excited for is Star Wars Episode One Racer, which was supposed to come out earlier in the month and got a delay, is being released today, presumably, fingers crossed. And uh, I'm, inter- <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely going to be picking this up. I am uh, very excited for this. Uh, also, Yeah, the last... Last time it was it was delayed like two days before its launch date. Um, so hopefully uh, they worked out whatever they needed to because I want to play Episode One Racer again. Yeah, uh, when you and I played like the fancy advanced version of it, Racer Revenge. Yes, that was a lot. That was a surprising amount of fun. So I've been excited for this ever since. Yeah. Um, Duke, Duke Nukem 3D 20th Anniversary World Tour is released on the Switch eShop today. And also Pokemon Cafe Mix, um, released on the Switch and also on mobile. It's a cute-looking game where you are like um, a barista at a uh, cafe, and Pokemon can come and like work there. And then also you're making drinks for Pokemon. I don't know. It looks super cute. Yeah, and we'll talk more about it when we get into the news too. Um, but I, I think it's very interesting that uh, Episode One Racer got its revised uh, release date within this week. Um, Duke Nukem 3D 20th Anniversary World Tour was also announced this week, and Pokemon Cafe Mix also all announced this week. We are again, we are in E3 season, even though E3 is not happening. Games are being announced and released, and like it is a crazy time for games, and we're just in it. And then tomorrow, June 24th, is Ninjala is released on the Switch eShop, which is the, I believe, free-to-play um, kind of Splatoon-esque looking ninja game. Yeah, yes. Um, this is another one that was uh, delayed, um, but is finally coming out now. Um, all right, let's, uh, those are the new releases. Let's close this out. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today we are going to be ranking a set of movies. The movies in question are the 1990s Disney animated movies. Uh, Some ground rules, Mark, I think we need to lay out. What do we mean? What counts as a Disney animated movie? Is it like Walt Disney Studios? What's the, the specific nomenclature here? Yeah, the specific nomenclature is Walt Disney Feature Animation. So no Goofy Movie, no um, Nightmare Before Christmas. If it didn't come from like Walt Disney Feature Animation in the 90s, it does not make this list. So uh, I know that it is not on here, but DuckTales and the Treasure of the Lost Lamp does not belong on this list, right? Exactly. Yep. Because that would be my number one, baby. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Uh, so what what is on the list? So we have The Rescuers Down Under, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, Pocahontas, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, Hercules, Mulan, Tarzan, 
and Fantasia 2000, which is in on a technicality because it premiered at Carnegie Hall in December of 1999 before going into wide release in January and then widest released in June of 2000. (laughs) Right. Wide parentheses IMAX release (laughs) in January. (laughs) Um, Okay. So... I mean, I feel like there are some obvious like heavy hitters that like go at sort of an unquestionable top. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, I feel like Lion King is uh, almost almost unchallengeable on this list as number one. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair. Um, and then for the bottom of the list, uh, I would want to put here are contenders for the bottom of the list for me: Rescuers Down Under, Pocahontas. Tarzan. Um, I would say those are bottom three, not necessarily in that order. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I would say Rescuers Down Under is probably my least favorite out of this group, but partly because, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of these for a really long time, but I only have vague memories of the Rescuers Down Under. Um, And so, like, yeah, I'm fine having that be probably the bottom pick. Ooh, actually, maybe Pocahontas, because that movie is just like, like kind of like boring and just kind boring of like and bad. racist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, so we we've got ten movies here. I'm comfortable putting Pocahontas at number ten right now. Um, yeah. Maybe Rescuers Down Under at number nine, um, and uh, Tarzan at number eight. Yeah. Um, Tarzan is just so rough, and that the the Rosie O'Donnell um, gorilla Turk. character Turk, Turk is just is just one of the worst characters in the history of cinema. <laughs> um, okay, so that uh, where where do you what what's the next worst, Mark? Okay, so I actually struggle a little bit with this. If I would go, um, uh, Hercules or Fantasia two thousand, and. Here's what I'll say about for Fantasia 2000 is I love the idea and I love a few segments, but I think overall as a package, it is um, not very good. Um, I I will agree that as an overall package, it is not very good, but it, it's 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 high moments. That Pines of Rome uh, with the the flying whales is awesome, um, and I even really like the uh, uh, the pomp and circumstance with um, Donald Duck uh, Donald as yeah. Noah. Um and, and the arc. So like I, I feel like that's pretty good. I may even put that above um Hunchback. Um but uh I, I think it, it's for sure above Hercules for me. I okay. don't like Hercules at all. Um I think yeah, Hercules, I mean do you have any yeah. anything good to no, say no, about no, Hercules? I, uh I, I, Hercules is a hard movie to defend. I don't think it's bad. Um I think it's just kind of like a little bit of a mess. Good music though. Uh yeah, there's there's some good music in there. Okay, so let's pit Hunchback against Fantasia 2000. They're actually kind of interesting to pit against each other because they're both like really ambitious in their own ways, and both yeah. like you know get tripped up with weird like tonal issues or whatever. Um, for me personally, I like Hunchback more. Uh, again, I really like some segments like Rhapsody in Blue and Fantasia 2000 is interesting. Oh yeah, um, yeah about that. like uh the Firebird Suite at the end is great and. Like all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So actually, yeah, maybe I'm talking myself into Fantasia 2000 above Hunchback, even though there's so like, well, we'll never know. But Hunchback had Burger King toys. That is crazy. That is so crazy. 
that the hunchback had Burger King toys? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy that they try to merchandise like Quasimodo, not because he's not a lovable character, but because that movie is so dark and then it has Jason Alexander. It's so weird. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll have to finish this ranking another time. But uh, in the meantime, we were accompanied by pianist G. Lou. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. All right, we've got to talk about uh, yesterday morning's reveal of the new downloadable character for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Um, Of course, director Masahiro Sakurai revealed the new DLC character. Uh, with a little bit of preamble talking about how, you know, like un- they were filming this back at the beginning of May. It's unusual circumstances. It seems like he possibly like set up and recorded himself for this. Oh, totally. I mean, he he says, uh, he says, you know, like someone from Nintendo brought over recording equipment. And then there's like an insert of a photo of the recording <laughs> equipment. <laughs> it's adorable. So the new character that we're getting uh, is Min Min from ARMS. Before we dive in deep to the 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 rest of, and we'll we'll talk about every inch of this video, I'm sure, um, and every detail that came out of this. Um, but uh, just like surface level, how do you feel about Min Min as representation for Arms? I think it's a good choice. It's not like the weirdest choice that they could have made, but it's also not like the blandest choice. Like it's not Ribbon Girl yeah. or Spring Boy or Spring Man. And so um, he's a man. He's a Spring Man. He's a man. Um, he's a man. She's a girl. Though. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, yeah, like, I feel like it's a good, like, kind of, like, in-between. It's just, it's a more interesting choice than those, but it's not as crazy as, like, the weird DNA, like, googly experiment thing. Yeah, yeah. And is a a good, um, you know, all of the uh, DLC characters to this point have been uh, male, um, with, I guess, the exception of Banjo-Kazooie, which is two characters, one male, one female. Um, But it's just good to, you know, sort of uh, write that gender balance, uh, even just a little bit. So running down some of like the big features that comes with that come with Min Min, um, Min Min's final smash summons the rest of the arms fighters to pummel her opponent, which is um, fun, and you'll get your twin tail that way. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> her her level is Spring Stadium, which is technically Springman stage, but like who cares? Right. What are you gonna do? I mean, and you know her Min Min's uh, level in Smash Brothers is like that ramen bowl. Or in uh, in uh, in arms is a a ramen bowl, and so like its defining feature is this sort of like convex convex concave, the one that goes in um, concave, I think, um, uh, shape to it. Which I don't know if that totally translates to a Smash Arena in the same way it does a three D fighter like arms. Yeah, and then um, so it has like spring panels on either side, which can launch characters and deal damage a little bit. Not exactly like, but like the um, f- the fighters ring in uh, ugh, which, which is that for um, Little Mac, who has that? Uh, yeah, sure. That has like the ropes. Yeah, yeah. Um, pl- so uh, that's pretty much like that's the high level stuff for Min Min. Um, you get well, some do, g- do we want to talk about how like the the character Min Min works at all? Or yeah, like, but yeah, please. Um, so she uh, is, you know, being an arms character is based mostly on like range attacks. Um, and you know, she has uh, uh, one one button does her left arm, one button does her right arm, 
which is uh, more in line with how ARMS usually works, but is sort of unique for Smash Brothers. Um, and, you know, her down, her down, uh, down B ability changes her either right or left arm, whichever one is on the special attack button. Um, so, you know, she has that sort of like three move set uh, thing that you can like cycle through that will change um, her side B, up B, and um, just neutral B moves. Um, so, you know, a little bit of like a stance character in that regard. Um, she can also throw from a distance uh, and stuff like that. And then additionally, just as Min Min has in arms, she has the ability to kick projectiles back at people, um, which is uh, a cool little way to incorporate a special move that she had in that game uh, into this one. Uh, we Sakurai also introduced some new... Oh, wait, wait, sorry. I feel like we're bearing the lead here a little bit. Patrick, mm. what did you think of your sneak peek into Masahiro Sakurai's home? Is it what you expected? <laughs> Do you like his choice of couch? Mm. Uh... I his choice of couch was fine. I guess, I guess it seemed a little sterile to me. Um I his entertainment center was uh, impressive, uh, monolithic some would say, <laughs> right? It it's it's basically like you take my entertainment center, uh copy and paste it and just have two of them right next to each other. Yeah, we we alluded to it in our cold open, but like he has two genuinely enormous televisions like right next to yeah. each other. Yeah, like l- l- not enough space between them for even a uh, Catholic Catholic high school dance. Um, <laughs> and he he says he says that he does it uh, so that he can do competitive gaming when he has friends over, but also because he likes to watch TV while playing games, which is adorable. <laughs> I I so I I uh, agree that it was um it was yeah like sterile is a good word for it um but it. It kind of looked like a furnished apartment, but I expect no, that is said with no judgment. Yes. Like, I expect no less because I believe that, um, f- unfortunately for all of us, that man is going to die in the office if that was his choice. Like, if he wasn't quarantined at home. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think he spends much time at home, honestly. Sakurai, <laughs> I mean, please I- spend more time at home. Put things on your wall so you want to spend time at home so it feels like a place you want to be that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying i mean he did have one of those nice like uh house plants um, it's really nice oh yeah Mm -hmm. his his house is gorgeous i'm like no not saying anything bad about his house i'm worried about the man's health (laughs) um okay so uh, he also showed off some new me fighter costumes which actually like on before I was always like, me fighter costumes, whatever. But in the last couple of like of these reveals, we've gotten some really fun ones. Like we got Cuphead not that long ago. And so right. it's become like something that I've looked forward to. And I felt like for me, this did not disappoint. We got uh, Ninjara from ARMS. We're getting, um, and I'm not a Tekken player. So how, what is this? Heihachi. Heihachi from Tekken. Callie and Marie from Splatoon. That's super fun. And Vault Boy from Fallout. Again, super fun. Um, and there'll be 75 cents each like they always are. Yeah. And the, uh, Vault Boy, just like, um, Cuphead and, um, Sans from, um, Undertale, um, uh, are like f- the full body thing. So it's like, it even changes the, uh, like shape and look of the head of the character. Um, like kind of obscuring whatever me face is under there. Um, although unlike those other two examples, I don't believe he comes with music from Fallout. Mm-hmm. Um, 
both both Cuphead and um, Sans uh, came with music from their respective series. Um, so I yeah, don't think I there's think any are... notable music in Fallout to like share. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there could be like some kind of old timey uh, something That's true. Right, that That's sounds true. Yep. sounds yep. upbeat, but is actually foreboding. <laughs> um, uh, the Kelly Marie ones are are really cool. Heihachi is a weird one because that is one of those costumes that has existed in previous versions of uh, Smash Brothers uh, and just hasn't been introduced yet. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, one of these that I complained about when we were uh, ranking right. uh, Mii Fighter costumes uh, back in the day. So, I mean, I'm glad it's finally here. I'm already bought it on a different system i'm not going to pay another 75 cents for it here um and it's kind of cool to see uh ninjara an, another arms representative um getting a little bit of love uh here we also uh got a mention of amiibo somebody at nintendo was still talking about it and i literally gasped when i watched it because <laughs> i i keep i kind of keep forgetting you know it's like a going concern in some ways um okay so we he revealed a Joker amiibo and a hero amiibo that are going to be released sometime this fall. Yeah, and just uh, for clarity's sake, this is Joker from Persona 5 and Hero from Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and they look cool. They do look cool. Uh, they, I mean, they look pretty basic, but like um, the, the hero amiibo is... Uh, really nicely detailed, um, and like the the texture on his clothing and stuff uh, seems really good. I've been sort of off the uh, amiibo buying wagon for a while, but man, if I didn't sink eighty hours into Dragon Quest, um, and uh, if I don't, you know, I I love that character, um, so that may I may I may break my uh my amiibo fast for for Hero when he comes out, which is uh, evidently sometime this fall. Now, Sakurai makes two comments here when he's talking about Amiibo that, like, uh, I don't know what to make of. So the first one is that he notes that some of, like, the characters have been, have become different versions of themselves in Ultimate, and all, like, the previous runs were based on their Smash 4 looks. Um, yeah. But, like, there's no follow-up to that. <laughs> he just, no, like, he just, throws it out there He as just sort of mentions it, and then is like, but there are so many characters. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, you know, someone like Zelda, for example. Like, Zelda's a, a, a great example that in Smash 4, she was kind of based on the... Um, like, kind of Twilight Princess version of, of Zelda. Um, and uh, in... Uh, the new one in Smash Ultimate, she's sort of based on the Link Between Worlds uh, design of Zelda. Uh, and, you know, so her, her amiibo looks nothing like the character in Ultimate. Uh, would it be super cool if they put out a line of, like, revised for Ultimate amiibo? Yes, of course it would be cool. <laughs> the other thing that he mentioned, and I... Uh... I'm wonder I'm is this was this like a fever dream or Patrick do you remember this as well that he says yeah. something about like they don't know how many they're going to make of this like uh Joker and hero figures. Oh yeah, he said that they would be like in limited quantities or or something. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I guess just everybody like be prepared that Amiibo they're back to being super hyper limited. Yeah. Well, and that I mean, I know that they are you know, committed to making Amiibo for all of the um, Smash characters, which means, you know, at least another uh, three for the DLC set that already exists, plus another six um, 
So like I'm I'm sure that it is something that Nintendo is more or less dragging their their feet on, uh, you know, producing these things out of obligation more than anything else. Um, so yeah, why not make them like rare collectors items? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you're getting we're getting 18 new music tracks, including the main Arms theme and all stage music from Arms, and Arms has great music, so that's cool. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, Arms, and yeah, it, it is it is remarkable that it's um, most of the music from the original soundtrack of of Arms is just in this game, um, and I I feel like the Arms music is a, a little bit underappreciated in like the canon of um, Nintendo music, and maybe it's because it's a, a newer franchise and it doesn't have like you know there's nothing like grandiose or like big about it and uh, you know it's all kind of like big band stuff um so it also doesn't have that sort of like 8-bit hook to it um but it's a lot of good music and i'm excited to hear uh hear it in smash sakurai also mentions you know like covid-19 and the state of emergency in japan and again he was recording this back in may 2nd but he talks about how you know like hopefully by the time this is released things are different um, but no, things are not really different. Um, but he, you know, of course stresses that they're still planning to release all six characters in this fighter pass. Um, and that, you know, like they're doing development as, you know, like much as they can from home. Uh, so we find out that Min Min will be released on June 29th. And of course it is uh, $5.99 for like uh, her specifically, plus like all the music and the new stage. Or if you bought the Fighters Pass Volume Two for twenty nine ninety nine, you uh, Min Min is included, which actually brings me like to a point like I forgot like I have not bought Fighters Pass Two. I'm curious if you have Patrick or and if you haven't, if you have plans to. Um, so I have not purchased it yet. I was sort of waiting on, which is stupid. Like I was gonna buy it anyway. Um, <laughs> but I I was waiting on the the announcement of the first character just to you know, f- find out who, who it was going to be. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know when, I don't know when I will buy it. Um, partially because like, you know, I haven't turned smash on in a long time, but you know, when, uh, when she gets added and people are playing or maybe when like the next character is released, um, I'll feel that FOMO and throw down the 30 bucks, uh, to just get all of them. Um, but yeah, I, I don't feel, a, a a ton of like urgency to, you know, spend that money and get her, um, just get that one character now. Uh, I, I, I can wait. What, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I feel basically the same way. Like, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't put, um, I haven't turned on Smash for a while. But what I do feel and why, like, you can tell that, like, Nintendo has their hooks in me is that I have this, like, like, in the back of my mind, I have this fear that I'm like, I am going to be play Smash Brothers someday with somebody and they're going to, like, they're going to turn on my game and they're going to be like, how come you don't have Min Min? Or how come you don't like, you don't have any of the six characters. Like those are my favorite characters. And so now I'm like, I've got to complete it. I bought like the first fighters pass. I've got, I just feel like I've, it's inevitable that at some point I will spend the $30 and just get all of these characters. Even if I never really do anything with them. Uh, yeah. I'm, (laughs) and I mean, I, I, yes, 100%. That's one of the things that I, I don't know that I'm like worried about it necessarily, (laughs) but I'm just like, I can't sleep, Patrick. Must be nice (laughs) to be you. 
<laughs> I, I look. Uh, Smash Brothers is one of those games where I do feel like I need to be a a completionist about just like having it all. Um, you know, I I did it with Smash Four. Like I had it on both Wii U and 3DS, and I bought all the DLC characters on both platforms. Um, so like you know, it's just it's one of these things where I'm just like, yeah, that's this is the, I'm a ride or die like Smash fan. Uh, I I'll, I pay for it all. Give give it all to me. I need it. I, I need it. I need it. I also can't tell if, like, okay, if I don't buy it, does that mean, look, I just want Sakurai to take a rest, right? So it's like, if I buy yes. it, and it, if I, like, contribute to, um, you know, like, purchasing it, will the somebody at Nintendo, like, let the man stop if they're just like, yes, we have enough revenue, like, we don't need any more DLC, like, please take a break? Or by not buying it, is that sending the message that like, oh, people don't want this. We should just give Sakurai a break and let him do something else. I mean, here's the thing. He is committed to making the last five characters here, right? A- after, after Min Min. So no matter what, buy it or don't, buy it piecemeal, buy it all together. He's going to be tied up making Super Smash Bros. DLC That's characters true. till the end of 2021 <laughs> at least. It's a good point. Doesn't but- matter what I do. Yeah, but I mean, if you want to discourage them from releasing a Fighters Pack number three, maybe don't buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bloomberg is reporting that Nintendo will refocus its efforts away from mobile games and toward console games. This decision is likely coming on the heels of reports of poor performance of Nintendo mobile games, both historically, like they've never really, outside of maybe Fire Emblem's Heroes in Japan, never really had one that caught on. Um, Like I know that... uh, you know, Mario Kart Tour had a ton of downloads. Um, but basically what, like, the article is coming down to is, like, it talks about, like, Nintendo really hasn't found a monetization that makes sense because they don't want to do gotcha games. And, right. um, but they, you know, like, they tried with Super Mario Run to get people to pay $10 up front. It didn't really pay off. With, you know, uh, Mario Kart Tour, they've done the Gold Pass, so, like, a subscription. and um, Bloomberg reports that the, uh, the revenue for that has been like below expectations. And with, we kind of talked about this, I can't remember when, but it's like, yeah, with like this, they kind of needed to do this when the Wii U was tanking. But now that like they're riding high on Switch, they have more room to be like, yeah, we don't really like want to yeah. do mobile games. So they can pull back on it for now. Yeah, I mean it it is interesting that like Nintendo did try to like explore the uh the 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 pricing models and you know uh like you mentioned the Super Mario Run um price model not being super successful for them cuz you know $10 is a lot to throw down on like a one-time purchase on a game um and then like subscription and you know microtransactions and stuff like that. Um but I like I I wonder if they had just um priced their games more like if if Super Mario Run was like five bucks instead of ten, if like that would have been a more attractive package, um, and sold to to more people. Like I I just I they they explored the space, but I don't know that they really explored it enough. Um, but I mean I don't know. Uh, frankly, uh, outside of Super Mario Run, uh, there hasn't really been a uh, mobile game of Nintendo's that I've loved. So if they're just going to you know refocus that money and those developers onto switch games like yeah that's fine by me yeah one of the things that i thought was interesting in the article is it um they talked to a analyst from 
Ace Research Institute, which sounds super fake, um, Hideki Yasuda. And uh-huh. his point his point with like gotcha games is that it like having something like that relies on having a franchise that has a really long history and like hundreds of characters that you can draw from. So that way every like week or month you're introducing a new one. And that he feels like outside of Fire Emblem, Nintendo doesn't really have a franchise like that. And it's kind of hard to argue. Like I was struggling to think of another one that would even come close. Yeah, I mean, and until you start like mixing everyone together in like a Smash style uh, game, but like that requires way too much development, and you know, it wouldn't really work the same way. Yeah, because like you look at like Soup, uh, Doctor Mario World, right? And like as much as I love it, like Goomba Ta- Doctor Goomba Tower, you know, is not Dr. like Goomba Tower. <laughs> He's perfect. Not, like a super compelling character. Um, um, all apologies to you know the Doctor. Uh, but yeah, so um, Nintendo has partnered with uh, the company DNA in Japan, and they were, you know, uh, part of a lot of their original releases. And basically, DNA has said that um, you shouldn't expect a new app from them and Nintendo before the end of the fiscal year, which ends in March of 2021. So it's like. Uh, we're a, it's seemingly they've slowed down a lot on these mobile releases, which is maybe not a bad thing because, um, you know they've they've done a lot of their heavy hitter franchises. So like, what does like a Zelda mobile game look like, right? Like to be able to really yeah. spend time on that is probably, um, well, hopefully time well spent. I mean, until they put out a WarioWare on mobile, uh, they are leaving so money on the table. I know. I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, or even like a Mario Party, like something that you could do like with friends while you're like waiting in line at a uh, like amusement park or you know for for a table at a restaurant. All these things that don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, one of the things that I thought was interesting is that they talk about in the article like that it's not just Nintendo. They briefly talk about Sony and how Sony, you know, they had a company who was taking older IP that is kind of like dormant now and, you know, putting mobile games out for them. And they were finding like not really any success with it either. Like obviously mobile games are a hard, it's a hard market to crack. It's not as easy as like analysts were hoping that it would be for Nintendo where it's just like, oh yeah, just like put your games on phones and it's just a license to print money. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I, I like it. I think it's fine for Nintendo to get out of a space that, you know, recognizing that they didn't understand it in the first place um, and just get back to doing what they do. Well, you know, a, a lot of this, you know, you said riding high on the switch, but like specifically on the sales of animal crossing new horizons, like um, Nintendo has a way to, you know, monopolize the like social media conversation uh, in a way that I don't know. And I know like my, my Twitter feed is obviously catered so that I see a lot of the things that I want to see. Um, but like in a way that, you know, Microsoft certainly doesn't do other big publishers can't do. Um, and even Sony, unless they're like, you know, firing off a big, you know, hour and a half of new games for the new generation of PlayStation that like they can't even do, um, you know, like, Fire Emblem had its its moment, um, and uh, obviously New Horizons had its moment. Uh, like I think, I think Nintendo knows now uh, how to get attention and how to move 
uh, hardware and software uh, on on console. Uh, okay, so there was a ton of Pokemon news last week. Just a ton. Um, so, so probably like the big surprise reveal is that at long last, a new Pokemon Snap game called exactly that, New Pokemon Snap, is <laughs> um, coming to the Switch sometime. No date on it. Uh, and it looks like it features Pokemon through up like through Sword and Shield. Uh, this was big. I honestly never thought that we would see another Pokemon Snap game. I just thought that you know they didn't have time or the developers to do it. Yeah, it, it seemed uh, pretty unlikely, um, and it seemed like if they were ever going to put one out, why not put it out on the Wii U, which is the perfect system for it. <laughs> um, but uh, also, uh, it's not the perfect system for any game because no one bought it. So <laughs> the, the Switch, <laughs> truly the perfect system for uh, uh, Pokemon Snap. Um, yeah, a, a little bit frustrating to not have any more information about uh, when it's coming out. Um, but the Pokemon Company, like outside of their um, like main core games, um, is pretty good about having a short tail between um, announcement and release. Um, so I, I would suspect that we see this game before before the end of the year. Yeah, I think in normal times that I would agree. I I'm I think it was very strategic to not put like any date on it. Um mm-hmm. because yeah, it could be this year or it could have been planned for this year, but will now like end up falling to 2021 maybe, who knows. I uh, I think it's interesting that um Game Freak isn't developing it that it's being developed by Bandai Namco, which uh is become like a really close partner with Nintendo working yeah. on a ton of projects. Well, and also they uh, working with game or uh, if not Game Freak, then uh, the Pokemon Company in a pocket tournament as well. Oh yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, um, but that's not the only Pokemon news we got. We also got Pokemon uh, Cafe Mix for Switch and Mobile, which we talked about in the new releases. This uh, free to start, like cute looking Pokemon Cafe game. Um, and it, 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 interesting to note here is that it only works in on the Switch in handheld mode. Um, you cannot play the game uh, without using the touch controls. So, uh, you know, tabletop and TV mode, uh, verboten. You have to play it by touching it. Uh, po- and then also they showed off Pokemon Smile, which is a mobile app that helps kid, kids brush their teeth. Cute. <laughs> and then also there's going to be a big announcement that they teased. Um, That'll be happening on Wednesday, June 24th. Uh, any guesses, Mark, as to what that is? I have no idea. I mean, new Pokemon Snap's already been announced, so what's bigger than that? What if it's just the release date for, the, for Pokemon <laughs> Snap? <laughs> I'm into it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a great question. Um, and it's just, uh, you know especially because we're coming off of the first release of uh the DLC for Sword and Shield right um so like i we're not in a place to really get more like they're not going to announce like a second pack of DLC before the the first one is uh finished coming out and we're not going to get like a um you know like deluxe edition of sword and shield uh like you know bundled together as as they would have done it in the past or even like a deluxe version like an ultra sun ultra moon situation um which sort of leads me to believe that maybe it's a another remake or another Mm. game in like the let's go flavor of games uh i mean it could also be like a uh you know poking tournament number two like it could Mm. it could be anything like that 
I also wonder, and like, does it have to be game related? Like, is it a new movie or something like that? Great question. Um, oh, uh, speaking of Pokemon, so evidently there's been some confusion for players purchasing the expansion pass um, for Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. So, in which I kind of get, it's it's interesting that there is no like universal pass. So you don't just like buy a pass and then whatever version of the game you have, it'll work on. Um, you need to make sure that you're buying the expansion pass for the right version of the game. So if you bought Sword, you have to buy the Sword expansion pass. If you have Shield, you have to buy yeah. the Shield expansion pass. Um, initially, Nintendo was saying like there's no refunds or anything like that, but they've softened that stance. Like in tweets, in recent tweets about it, they were saying like, oh, and if you accidentally bought the wrong one, um, you know, like contact us, reach out to us on the website, like all that kind of stuff. So it seems like that they are um, working with people to refund on a case-by-case basis. Yeah, so if you messed it up, if you have just been talking to your friends too much and forgot which version of the game you have, Mark, do you remember what version of the game you have? I I have, of course I do, I have shield. And I have sword. (laughs) Um, We we remember, Uh, but if you have forgotten and you buy the wrong one, just go to Nintendo's uh, support website and, you know, follow links and call some phone numbers from there. And evidently they will help you out. On last week's show, we were reporting on some uh, rumblings that a new Kingdom Hearts something might be happening soon. And uh, m- Monday night, like after, right after we'd recorded, but before our episode was released, uh, it news came out that there was a Kingdom Hearts rhythm game that is coming to Switch and other platforms um, in fall 2020. A game in the vein of Final Fantasy uh fiat rhythm i actually have never tried to say that the title of that game out loud uh, i think if i were to say it i would say theat rhythm like mm-hmm. i would align al- it a mm-hmm. little bit tighter yes um it's it's obviously a portmanteau of theater and rhythm um but when you combine them like the trith- like you would just you have to say one of the words in a way you wouldn't say it <laughs> but yeah so it's a uh kingdom hearts rhythm game that is coming to switch later this year the first kingdom hearts game on switch um so just like uh interesting to see square enix continuing to do these like uh spin-off games uh, and the the name of the game by the way is kingdom hearts melody of memory um and uh yeah i i don't know if you watched the uh like the the video uh of of gameplay um and i've never played theatrhythm so i don't act- i don't actually know if it's it was the same in the final fantasy version of it um but it's weird to me how much like the characters like there are sound effects associated with the characters like uh, yelling and mm-hmm. like swinging their swords at the notes because uh, it's like it's obscuring the music <laughs> it's very strange to me also, no Disney music. It's all just like Square Enix, uh, you know, like original soundtrack music for the Kingdom Hearts series. Which it makes sense, but is definitely a bummer, especially considering like the Kingdom Hearts 3 makes like set pieces out of like Let It Go, for example. But, uh, you know, I guess for a smaller release like this, Disney's not going to, you know, let them run wild with their song catalog. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think it all comes down to licensing, right? Square Enix yeah. is probably like, I don't want to pay that money. <laughs> uh, last week, EA held their EA Play Live event for 2020 and uh, dropped some kind of big Switch news. We get Apex Legends, the uh, free-to-play 
Um, I was going to say MOBA, but that's not correct. What do we call these, like, no, uh, it, Fortnite? It's, it's like a games. hero shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apex Legends will be coming to Switch and Steam sometime this fall. The Apex team said that they were hoping to have cross-play enabled between all five platforms. So that's Xbox, PlayStation, Steam, Origin, and Switch by the end of the year. Um, which is pretty cool. Like, uh, I love that cross-play is becoming more and more just, like, a feature that developers yeah. are striving for. Yeah, I like that too. Um, and it's nice to have uh, like Switch in in that conversation too. EA is also uh, saying that they're going to release a number of Switch games, um, seven I think in total, for uh, Switch in 2020. They mentioned The Sims 4 in this presentation, but they're bringing it to Steam, uh, not Switch, which seems crazy to me. Because the Sims I don't seems understand. like such, yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand either. So afterwards, we found out that um, the game lost in random and there uh, would be coming to Switch and also that FIFA 21 Legacy Edition will be coming to Switch. So after Apex Legends and Burnout Paradise, which was just released last week, that leaves um, three other projects. And VentureBeat um, says that those are uh, Valen Studios' new game, which I think hasn't been announced yet. A uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit remaster by the same company who just remastered Burnout Paradise. And then Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville. So th that would round out the seven games this year, allegedly. Um, is uh, that Plants vs. Zombie games one of the uh, like shooter Plants vs. Zombies games or one of the like strategy ones? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, and finally... We have a little bit of an update regarding uh, the Billy Mitchell saga, the cheating scandal, um, alleged cheating. And I think we stressed this before and we continually mm -hmm. cannot stress it enough, um, especially with these new developments. Mitchell's scores were removed, if you don't remember, from the uh, Twin Galaxy records after he was accused of achieving his size scores on an emulator instead of on the original arcade hardware. But uh, Mitchell has always maintained his innocence. And uh, even filed a lawsuit against Twin Galaxy. The controversy caused Guinness to remove all of his world records uh, um, at the time. But they have since reversed their decision and have reinstated all of his records. They say, quote, in the light of compelling new evidence received by Guinness World Records, the records management team has unanimously decided to reverse decisions made in April 2018 in regards to video game high scores achieved by Billy Mitchell between 1982 and 2010. As of so just to throw the brakes on there for a second, that is a long career in uh, high score chasing. 28 years of world record setting high score runs by Billy Mitchell had been wiped off the map um, because of an alleged cheating scandal uh, first by Twin Galaxy, which is a, an arcade that sort of like keeps these records. And then Guinness, um, the Guinness Book of World Records, who I guess was just like, oh, well, Twin Galaxies is the authority on this. Uh, and if they say it doesn't count, then we're going to, uh, you know, also take it out of our records. Um, and it's interesting that there is some compelling new evidence uh, unspecified by Guinness um, that has made them reinstate uh, all of Billy's records. That's right. And I won't run down the exact point totals for all of them, but that includes like the perfect high score on Pac-Man from 1999, the highest score on Donkey Kong from 1982, the uh, 
highest score on Donkey Kong from 2005, from 2007, and from 2010. Um, the statement continues, this reinstatement also re-recognizes Mr. Mitchell as the first gamer to reach the kill screen on Donkey Kong uh, on 7th November 1982, and the first gamer to score 1 million points on Donkey Kong on June 4th, 2005. Guinness World Records is always open to accepting new evidence for historical achievements and to reviewing new and existing evidence for disputed titles. In this case, a re-examination of the records in question and the emergence of key eyewitnesses and expert testimonials led to a reversal of earlier disqualifications and the reinstating of Mr. Mitchell's original records. The records archive has been updated accordingly to reflect this. Wow, Mark, it's quite the saga. And I know we've come down uh, hard on <laughs> Billy Mitchell in, in the past. No uh, relation. Can't stress that enough. No relation. <laughs> my uh, hot sauce right, empire is right. my own. <laughs> and Mark, of course, um, does cheat at Donkey Kong. All right, <laughs> let's get out of the news. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nin Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers getting a million points in Donkey Kong and saying thanks for listening. That's right, Nintendo Cartridge Society listeners, what is going down? Are you ready for a promo? Let's do yoga. Let's get fit. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Muriel. And we're the hosts of Hella in in Your your 30s. A podcast about a cool couple trying to do adult stuff. So each week we invite you to join us as we try to learn things we should probably already know, like how does a stock market work? Can we install that bidet? Why are all of our houseplants dying? This is a podcast for people of all ages, because remember... Age ain't nothing but a number. But being hella in your 30s is a state of mind. So tomorrow's a new day, let's order pizza. Campfire.